0: That episode of Pitch Pass that you have been dying to listen to, it's coming in just a second, but first... There's episodes of another podcast that I'd love to get your ears on, and that is Head Retention. It's a podcast that I do with a mid-Atlantic regional brewery called Flying Dog, and we just talk, uh, we talk beer, lifestyle of beer. Or, in this case, the latest episode is about what happens when a local craft brewery gets acquired by a huge brewery, like, say, AB InBev. It's interesting stuff. Wherever you got this podcast, you can get the Head Retention podcast. Take a listen. Thank Thank you very much. Let's get into the show. Philadelphia Union, San Jose Earthquakes, United, Los Angeles Galaxy, Pitch Pass. Colorado Rapids, Vancouver White Whitecaps, Orlando City SC, Montreal Impact, MYSC FC, <laughs> Seattle Sounders. Pitch Pass. Your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Welcome to this edition of Pitch Pass. The season, one week away. Of course, the season being MLS season. I've enjoyed all of the off-the-pitch issues, development that have happened in the league over the off-season, and talking about them here in Pitch Pass, but we're almost to the point where it's time to start talking about things on the field. Next week, we'll have Steven Birnbaum from DC United on to uh, get us set up for their season, and we're working on another guest as well. But we have one more kind of off-the-field thing to get into before we officially kick off our MLS season 2019 And that's the focus of this edition of Pitch Pass. Over the offseason, D.C. United made a very important hire as far as their infrastructure is concerned. We'll get a full rundown from what this hire means and what this person will be doing in this position and actually what the position is. When we talk to the man in that position, I'm talking about DC United's new technical director, Dane Murphy, who joins us right now. Dane, hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Is it welcome back to the DMV? Welcome to the DMV. How do you want to be greeted? I guess I, you got to say welcome back, right? You have um, to, right?
1: Yeah, I started. That's where I started my professional career. You know, it's funny. The group that that I'm working with now. You know, Dave was my my first GM. Chad was um, my first real professional coach because I was playing mostly mostly with the reserve team even though I was on the first team and he was my coach and Benny was like my first captain so um, yeah it's definitely welcome back uh, did, did you did you know the
0: way to Loudoun County or did you have to uh, put that in the old Google Maps once you got back
1: Yeah, no, I'm still using Waze to get there. So
0: let's let's actually start back there. Uh, You had a chance to see the organization as it was run uh, back in the day. Uh, How is it different? Uh, We all, and I'm talking as a fan, it it feels different, especially going into this year as they've kind of uh, gone on a hiring spree of people behind the scenes. Uh, Does it feel different inside the organization as far as ambition is concerned?
1: Definitely, I think I think MLS from the time I started has there's just been a you know kind of a cultural evolution, um, but for DC specifically with with Jason and and the ownership group, it's there's a real um, a tangible investment in, in the community and and the club now, and you can see it. Um, I just think, like you said, you know, the hiring, the the building of new facilities, uh, adding a second team, the, the sort of the strengthening of the academy, um, you know, giving the the coaching staff uh, the resources they need to to really uh, compete for an MLS Cup. It's all it's all coming at the same time, and it's it's uh, not you know it's not coincidence. You know, it's, you know, the ownership group, and and I think the the management staff done a really good job of of doing a slow build, and now that they realize uh, the time is right to, to, to push this thing forward.
0: I'm going to ask you about your, to define your role in this organization, but first I want to kind of go back a few years. When did you start thinking that this was going to be your long-term career path?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I get, I get asked that a lot. I, I um, Actually, when I was in New York, uh, my last team playing, I had two years left on my contract. Um, and I could have kept playing uh, either in New York or somewhere else, but kind of uh, with guidance and sort of in my own feeling, thought this this could be an opportunity to at least try. You know, the love of the game was still there, but it wasn't as strong. When um, you get a little bit older and your, your legs get weaker, and, and um, the little younger guys are running right by you, you start to realize that your time's running out. So I I wanted to stay in the game, and I thought you know if I got out a little bit earlier. I might have a good chance. Um, and I've, I've just, you know, I've had a lot of luck and had a lot of good people around me that have, that have shown me the ropes. Um, so I, when I stepped into the head scouting role in New York, um, I did that for a short period and then, you know, headed to Salt Lake and now ended back in, in DC and that's, you know, I I put the work in, but it's more, uh, uh, I would say it's a, it's a product of the people around me and the guidance I had and, and sort of the tree uh, of coworkers that, that, that pushed me forward.
0: Yeah. And I look, I I'm sure you got that question a lot. I'm sure a lot of professional soccer players in your age range had the same ambition and the same thought process of when to transition from playing to, to the front office side. I guess the reason you get asked so much is because it was such an accelerated kind of, of timeline from, uh, I was just playing less than five years ago. And now here I am uh, at the top of a food chain at a, at an MLS organization.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. I, I didn't expect it to happen this fast. I didn't even know if this is exactly what I wanted to do. When I was a kid, I, you know, I wanted to play and then I wanted to build a team, but you know, dreams change and they evolve as you get older, but this is the opportunity I took. And it's, It's happened really quickly. I I mean, I feel like I just stopped playing yesterday. Um, And I've I've moved up quickly, uh, like I said, because of uh, sort of how quickly I was able to adhere to to the the positive things that people are teaching uh, around me. Uh, I I think there are a lot of guys in the game that that would love to get to this point. Um, and, and, And maybe we're a little, you know, there are a lot of guys who are more talented than me and played longer. And I, I think my decision to to sort of cut it short when I had this opportunity to become a head scout in my last team, um, although a difficult decision because no athlete wants to stop playing ever, uh, I think that that put me on the path. Now, did I know it was going to go this fast? No chance, but it put me on the path uh, to where I am now.
0: You must interview really well, Dane, as well. Don't don't sell that short.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I have some charm. Um, <laughs>
0: I but <laughs> you I mean, look, i'm i yeah, I'm, I'm j- I'm joking here. but i'm not joking because i mean you've yeah. got to make that huge impression and in the interview process with the resume that you had and kind of still have which is very very short you've got to really nail that interview
1: yeah i mean it, it's it, it's two-part right it's it's the ambition to sort of say hey i'm going to put things on hold um in other aspects of my life and, and really hustle to to get these things done and and also has an intellectual uh, capacity to to show my work to whoever I'm speaking to in in the next in the next phase of, of my life and, and the sport
0: did you have a philosophy? Do you have
1: a philosophy uh,
0: I, I, let's go back to when you were transitioning did you have kind of an outline of the way that you felt the structure of an organ the infrastructure of an organization should be or is that something that you formed in your stops in New York and and real and now here at DC United?
1: Yeah, I think everyone has their own ideas of how things should be run, and it, it changes. No, every new uh, place you end up kind of molds, and, and you have to stay malleable. Because if you if you're just stuck in your one, this is my philosophy, and this is how it gets done, you don't really move up or you don't move on. Um, but if you're you're continuing to uh, to build on. Uh, your philosophy, or change it to say, you know, the game's evolving this way, or organizations and MLS are structuring themselves this way, and I need to curtail how I um, approach everything. The, that's the benefit, and and I have my own philosophy. I, um, you know, I have ideas of you know, the successful um, portions of the sport and and um, you know global soccer at a whole. But I, I again, my my mindset is to get in, do my job the best of my ability, allow the team. To succeed, and then the guys who are above me, below me, around me, uh, soak in you know the positives and sort of their their special attributes, so I can uh, progress.
0: I'm going to ask you, and I, I'm not going to hold you to this as far as DC United is concerned, because I know that you are part of a collective. But what what is kind of your general philosophy uh, as far as how soccer can be successful in the United States, and and what you would like to see implemented, big picture, so that we can start moving forward as a country.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're still in our infancy as a league, uh, and I think as the league grows, the the sport itself will grow. I think there's so many variables because our country is so big. We have so many people in it. There's the, there's the competition for the sport is so vast. Um, I, you know, there's not an exact answer, and I think sometimes people are too black and white mm. or too um, ardent in there's oh, this is how we change it or this is how we fix it it's there's so many things that, that need to change, evolve. And I think it's going to come to a point where, because our culture in American sports is really heavily built on celebrity status and sort of this, and now with social media involved, this immediate um, entertainment value. Once we have, uh, you know, the baseline infrastructure of how to, to develop talent. And I think we're there. We have talented kids. It's how to progress them. Um, and, and move them into the pro game so they can, they can uh, take the next step, whether that be in the MLS or Europe. But the real, I think, adherence for the, the general population in the United States that will create more money and um, more eyes on and sort of really push it. Everyone says, you know, it's exploding. It hasn't gotten there yet. Uh, I think is going to be a player like a Pulisic um, or someone behind him or a sergeant who goes to Europe or plays in the MLS and has that real star power so that the, the country sort of um, can follow uh, you know, night and day what this person is doing. And, it, and that's, that's just how you get the general fan. The Soccer fans are always going to be there. How to get the general fan to really expand the sport is to have that sort of superstar, um, that celebrity status that people really want to know what they're doing all the time and follow day in, day out. Uh, their professional growth
0: well, and that 's a great point um and just as a quick tangent to that, do you feel like it has to be one of the upfront sexy offensive players? Could it be a Tyler no, adams
1: yeah, it could be a tyler adams um it it could be a you know a midfielder uh, center back outside back i think it's it, it you never know when these things take off, especially in our viral world you never know who's going to become a a personality or um or a star in their sport, so I don't think it's um, sectioned off into any part of the field. I just think um, the, the real explosion of it uh, on, a, on a macro scale will come from that. Now, the development of talent and and really getting as many kids into the, the soccer pool as we possibly can, there's, there's a million answers to that, um, and I think a million different angles and ideas that people are trying to come up with and to say that anyone has the one right answer or the one right idea is, is um, counterintuitive. And it, it's, it's the um, sort of conglomeration of a bunch of ideas to find the best path that'll work out. But we're all kind of infighting, and that's kind of how the sport is right now. Everyone uh, wants to step on someone else to get their idea across instead of working together to really find uh, something that works.
0: Let me ask you, before we uh, get to D.C. United proper, what was the adjustment period for you? I would assume that most athletes, as they start to think about the, the next chapter, it's coaching. Um, you ended up going into scouting and then kind of front office. What, what's the difference in the mindset? Because it, I, I would feel as a player, it's a lot easier to start kind of spitballing what formations you would like than thinking to yourself, I got to start putting it in an infrastructure for a club.
1: Yeah, I never really wanted to be a coach. Um, a, lot, a lot of guys uh, want to coach afterwards. Um, I just never, it's never part of my personality. I, I was short tempered as a kid, and um, I have a tough time sort of when things are going wrong, verbalizing what I think the solution is. And I always, I thought my gift in the sport wasn't even really playing or, um, you know, on field stuff. Was kind of seeing the game from afar, breaking down film and and evaluating uh, how a team is successful and what players make them successful, why the players are good, why the team is good. Um, again, to repeat myself, sort of on a macro scale, stepping back and, and looking at a game uh, from a different angle. That, so that's, that's why I got into scouting, because I thought that was the best um, pass for me afterwards. It was my it's uh, basically everything that um, I'm, I was good at outside of the field. I could use in scouting and then um, eventually getting into the front office.
0: The position that you're in now was not a position that existed at DC United uh, in recent years. Um, How did you find out about the gig? And what was it? I mean, we we established you interview well, Dane, but you had to want this gig. Something had to appeal uh, to you about this gig. What was it about this position that appealed to you? And how did you find out that this was a position that United was going to be creating?
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of found out about it uh, last season, and uh, maybe midway through the year, there you know there had been some rubblings, and um, I was in Salt Lake. I'm an East Coast kid. DC was my first my first team uh, in my professional career that I was with. Uh, I, I get along really well with Dave. I had a relationship with Ben since I was you know 21, 22 years old. Uh, obviously know Chad and, and Nolan really well so it just this the culture around the club seemed it's, uh, seemed really strong and a, and a great work environment and I just thought hey if I'm able to get back to the east closer to my family and um, you know kind of where I grew up in the sport and, and work with these guys that I really uh, bond well with and have a massive amount of respect for it it just everything clicked in my mind to sort of try to find a way to get here
0: so your official title is what, Dane Murphy?
1: Uh, I am technical director, I believe, and Dave can correct me on this if I'm wrong, technical <laughs> director of uh, D.C. United and Loud FC. So technical
0: director is one of those terms that is uh, is prevalent in worldwide soccer, but the definition right. is different uh, from Mostly club to fine. club. What is the defined role of the technical director at D.C. United as it stands today?
1: Yeah, I think my... Um, my role uh, could be defined as the guy who's sort of the boots on the ground, um, getting out and finding uh, the talent needed in whatever position we need at, at whatever time, whatever window it is, or part of the year um, to go out and find guys in each position and, and build a, a, uh, you know, what do you want to call it a, a group or um, sort of a, a selection or ranking of guys in each position and, to bring that to uh, the coaching staff and Dave for us to evaluate and and pick which we think is best. So within the first team, I think that's my main role is to help Dave, you know, build the roster, uh, future plan for the roster, and and help evaluate and bring in talent. Now for Loudon, it's a little bit uh, uh, more expansive. It's a little bit uh, broader. Uh, it's managing of of the budget and the roster, working with Richie to. Implement a plan and philosophy uh, going forward that aligns with the first team. Um, so it's a, there's a little bit more, a little bit more intensive uh, with the, the Loudon um, work.
0: Which is interesting because, uh, to me, what you said, your role is kind of what Loudon is, what you would think the traditional role of the technical director is. Whereas it feels like the first team, it, it leans a little more heavy on the scouting. However, sure. your, your role with Loudon, and I would assume it trickles down all the way through the academy, it is the infrastructure, which you then hope will start the pipeline to the first team anyway.
1: Correct. Yeah, it's 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 trying to build, and this is Dave and I have been harping on, it's trying to build the bridge, um, the long bridge, if you will, from the academy through the first team of a talent pool that is like-minded and in likeability to implement the philosophy on the field that we want through the whole group. So from our U-12s, U-13s, 14s, our younger kids, all the way up through the first team, we want to try now, and not every team has to play exact same way, but we want to try to have a footballing philosophy within the club. And to do that, you need the right players, you need the right um, type of player in position um, to, to implement it. So it's, it's you know, you, you go above board to try with Loudon uh, the academy and the first team to have uh, players with this, the same attributes,
0: which I guess then now makes a lot more sense when you defined your role for DC United, is because your job is to put together a list of worldwide players who fit yep. this it, this system and philosophy that you're trying to implement in the younger players. Correct. You used a lot of big words and a lot of corporate speak in your uh, in your overview, by the way, Dane. Just, yeah, just let you know I've, you're I've, getting I've, you're getting that corporate hat on very nicely.
1: No, I know. I, the, I, <laughs> my mature, my maturing trajectory, and my curve over the last few years, has, has gone up way too much, and I'm, I'm noticing when I when I hear myself, I, I almost cringe. sometimes.
0: <laughs> so uh, how how's it been as far as, and I'll start with the first team. How's it been putting together that list, uh, working with the the scouts. I know that United has a South American scout. I guess you're also in charge of putting together a scouting network. How is that process going? Uh, and I know we're early in the process, but how is it going thus far?
1: Yeah, it's great. We actually have a, a pretty vast network um, with you know just a few guys in place. It's you know, Stuart Maris does a great job, um, you know, reaching out and and finding new uh, markets in which we can. Uh, sort of attack and build relationships and find new players. We have a scout in South America that helps us tremendously. Um, and I, have, I have contacts uh, over the last few years that i have built up in Europe and Asia, uh, Central, South America, and it's just bringing that all together. Um, and we have a pretty organized view of how we can attack each window or any market in a window and, and find the best players we can in each position
0: this um this is the part where you tell me there's no santa claus how similar is it to career mode in fifa um yep you, you go ahead break it, break it break it to not, me not, easy dane make it easy
1: on not, me not that similar but <laughs> but If you're good at career mode in FIFA, more power to you.
0: (laughs) So you got that going for you. (laughs) Yeah, there you
1: go. Exactly. You got that going for you.
0: Um, Now I'd like to kind of take the rest of the conversation and focus on the technical director of DC United organization below the first team. Uh, Loudon had their first scrimmage this week. Uh, I assume you were there.
1: Actually, I was not. I'm Uh, uh, Dane, Dane, I I
0: I think you have to be. I think it's part of your job to be there.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I guess I was in both places at once. You're
0: right. <laughs> Where were you instead? I'm
1: in Clearwater, Florida Okay, with, so, with the first team. I mean, you ha- yeah.
0: I guess you had to take that trip to
1: Florida. You have to. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I'm, my <laughs> arm twisted pretty hard, so I had to go down. All right,
0: so this is even better, because uh, I, I assume then you had to touch base with Richie. You had a couple yep. of people there just watching the match. What were the impressions that you were relayed about Loudon's first scrimmage against Bethlehem? Yeah.
1: Yeah, supposedly it was, it was great. Um, you know, we didn't have really any expectations going in. It's a new group. Um, we have only been training for a couple of weeks and Bethlehem Steel is, you know, has a few years under the belt. They have a very young team, very hungry team. Um, they just played the first team, very athletic, uh, a lot of guys that are hard and, and hard to play against. So there wasn't a ton of expectation going in, but, it, from all accounts from Richie, from a few people, like you said, that were there I've spoken to is, you know, the first 15, 20 minutes, was a little bit of uh, a back and forth sort of battle ball in the air. And then once things settled down, we we played really well and controlled the game. So from a standpoint of just starting out and you're playing an established MLS uh, affiliate USL team, and you, you can get a result and you can play well, it's it's more than you asked for. You get out there get out of there with no injuries. All the guys that we had signed played really well. Some trialists showed showed really well. So, uh almost a perfect start if if you will.
0: Yeah, it would have been great if the technical director was there, but he was in Clearwater. Clear, Florida. Clearwater, Florida. Clearwater, Florida. Okay. Yeah. Had to had to go, Dane. You had to be had there. Had to go. Had, I had to, to be there.
1: <laughs> I had to.
0: Um listen, I think Loudon this year is I would assume First of all, people in Loudoun County who are excited for soccer are just excited to have a team. Uh, you're in a you're in a metropolitan area with an MLS club in DC United. I feel like this is going to get a you guys are going to get a pass this year. However, you there are hardcore fans in the DMV who are also hardcore DC United fans who are looking at Loudoun County or Loudoun United and thinking to themselves, "Okay, I'm going to go check out some more matches. Uh, this is where I can see where the future of D.C. United is. And for those kind of people, and I'm going to put myself in that, that category, it's a little bit unsettling to see how short of the process is time left to, to kind of get your whole team together. Are you guys nervous at all, or do you have a timeline and it's, hey, don't worry, when the time comes, we'll have our team. They'll be up to speed and ready to go for opening day for USL.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think from a from a public perspective, that's a completely um, a reasonable thing, a reasonable question to ask, and and sort of uh, hesitancy uh, to hold because not a lot has been announced. Um, there are a lot of things that have been uh, in the works in the process for a while that we just have brought along slowly. That uh, our PR team and, and and senior management think you know we should we should roll this thing out slowly and and not, you know, you know, put too many expectations out there. So this, uh, I'll tell you and I'll tell anyone else who's worried, not to worry. The team's in place. The guys that are really going to um, contribute and we're going to build this team around have been in now for a while uh, and are pretty settled and are, are, are excited. Um, so, you know, there's a few more pieces to be added, but it's nowhere near, I think, from, from an outsider's perspective, as bare bones as it may look.
0: Fantastic. I mean, that's and that's yeah. the answer that I was looking for. Um, and yeah. listen, look, I could talk Academy all day. We don't have all day. I'm going to have hopefully get you back on sometime over the summer to give us an update on the Academy. What I do okay. want to ask you, though, is. What is the kind of general framework for bringing academy players and having them play for Loudon United? Because that's the big thing. If if you are somebody like like I'm, just a big IX guy, so I just yeah. see how they bring youth up through uh, their ranks and then into the first team. They have them playing up. What's the overall general uh, vibe as far as how many players, academy players, you you would like to see play with Loudon United on any given game or over the course of the season? And then part two will be you know what. How about I'll just give you part one, and then I'll ask you part two. <laughs>
1: um, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, from my perspective, this is why Loudon was created, right? Yes. It's, it's the, the conduit, uh, if you will, to, to the first team. But not just that. It, DMV is so overloaded with talent, and it's, it's hard to um, really calculate how many good players there are Uh, within such a a small radius and we're really making concerted effort to get all those kids now um, looking towards DC United instead of, you know, maybe, okay, I'm in Bethesda and we have a good Academy here, or I'm in Baltimore. We have a good Academy here. Where's, what's my draw if the percentage is so low to go to DC United, why don't I just stay local? I'll be the best guy on my team and I'll get a college scholarship and then I'll go from there. Loudoun is crazy because we have a lot of good kids in our academy, but you can't sign them all. It's impossible. You can't sign them all at DC United. You can't sign them all the homegrowns. And I think the more guys that are graduating out of the U-19s that we can sign to Loudoun contracts, and the more kids in the summer, because academy kids are allowed to play in USL. Yep. Um, more of those guys that we can have in the 18 or the 11, in the 24, weekend, week out. Uh, is only going to make the club better and uh, sort of a, a different um, appeal to the, the, the entire uh, DMV soccer community. Because now, not am I, not only am I just going to the academy and playing games and maybe hope I can get into UC United someday, but there's so many good kids at it, I don't maybe I won't get on the field and have a chance. Now you have a real chance at, at two layers of it. Um, you can – go to Loudon and if you don't want to go to college and you maybe you have a chance to get signed with Loudon as a as a you know first year pro at 1920 great if not you can play at 16 15 17 with pros week in, week out in that environment maybe getting some games and still go to college so it's just it's just creating this this ecosystem in and around the club of giving the young kids in the area um, more of a a chance really. And 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 that's a carrot that you
0: you mentioned it at the top of the answer. That's a carrot that you can offer that no one else in this area can offer. A kid in Bethesda can think to themselves I'm 15 years old, but you know what? I could maybe play a game against professionals this summer.
1: Right, 100%. And you can be, there's a kid in um, Northern Virginia maybe it's a little bit of a drive to D.C. and you know I'll just stay in my local club and play there, but now I can go play in Loudon, and I can play against pros every day in practice. And maybe I'll get a game or two against you know guys from New York Red Bulls uh, yep. too, or Bethlehem Steel, um, Orlando B. Any you know just all these these different options now, and different times at which kids can have the opportunity to to really grow.
0: It looks like you guys, and I know you you brought a kid in. I don't want to call out names because it's you know they're, they're kids. But it looks like you guys have have brought in some people from outside the DMV. Or I guess what my question is: It feels like you guys are starting to expand your net and maybe doing a little bit of recruiting as well. Is that an accurate statement?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's again the country's so big; it's such a huge net um, or a pond, if you will, and a lot of kids get overlooked. Um, Going back to the stuff we were talking about before, how to in, in, improve U.S. soccer as a whole. What the philosophy is? There's just there's just too many kids that don't have a chance or or overlooked and um, in such a uh, such a small area in which they can they can actually maybe show their worth. And we're trying to find the kids not only in in the D.M.V. right now, but in in the short term, find kids who we think okay, this kid has the opportunity to maybe play in the MLS but he needs at least one, two, three years of, of growth development, let's take a chance. Let's take a flyer on him and, and see if it works.
0: You're playing up philosophy. This is, this is the last thing on the academy. Uh, is, is, is the, can the timeline of playing up be more accelerated now that you have a USL team to kind of push those kids towards?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think Ryan Martin does an incredible job with the academy, um, bringing kids in locally and, and and some from outside the DMV lines to sort of uh, really put uh, competitive and, and and strong teams together. And I think uh, just watching our, our younger kids play, there's going to be plenty of kids in our current academy right now who are going to be training with Loudon week in, week out, and, and some who are going to get games. And I like you said, I won't mention names, but there's a few in on top of my head right now that I know are gonna that there are Academy kids that are gonna play for Loudoun this year.
0: That's, and for me, as a United fan who also likes and loves and follows along with youth soccer, that's the exciting part for me. And that that was really the big question I had for you during this conversation, yeah. because that's what it is. I mean, this is something that D.C. United really hasn't had. Yes, they've signed homegrown contracts, but it's never been a situation where United has been the big dog in the youth scene in the DMV, right. which is crazy. But I'm hoping that right. this will be the char- start of that change.
1: Yeah, no, it kind of has to be. Um, and, and that's why, you know, part of the reason there's not an announcement every day of another kid being signed or, you know, a a former MLS player or a a USL veteran, we're not signing a ton of those guys because we know that we need to keep as many opportunities, many spaces on the team open for the guys that we have already in our academy or the the U19s that are graduating because they deserve, you know, the chance. And a lot of the kids have the ability to make it. Um, So, Yeah, that's a really exciting thing for me as well.
0: Last thing, Dane, um, it's the middle of summer. Uh, United is at full strength, so there's no lone play. Nobody coming down the train with with Loudoun United. Uh, The academy, the the teams are away uh, at some sort of tournament. A couple of guys on the first team of Loudoun United have a couple of knocks. What are the chances that the technical director laces them up and jumps in and just provides an extra body of
1: practice? I would call it 95 to 97%. What that's a yes. I'm training every day. Part of the reason I'm in Clearwater, Florida right now is so I can do beach sprints and be ready.
0: <laughs> you know cuz whenever I whenever I swing by United DC United's practice, Ben's never failing to take the opportunity to jump in a, in a
1: drill. Yeah, he could still play. You give him five, ten minutes at the end of any MLS game, he could still do it. He
0: he could get that applause as he runs onto the field, does a couple things, whistle blows, we all walk out happy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you're going to be the same way uh, in Loudoun
1: for training. Yeah, exactly. Ben would at least uh, complete a couple passes. I would just foul a bunch of people and run around.
0: (laughs) And everyone would go, ooh, not, maybe this wasn't a great idea. Yeah, maybe this wasn't the best. <laughs> Dane, I'm really glad to have you on board, not because you're a stellar interviewer, uh, because you are, obviously, but also because of what your role represents for what I feel is the future of the club. So thank you for being a part of United, and thank you for taking some time to talk to us this afternoon.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's
0: fast. For show information, go to PitchPass.com.